pockets of a beer or a cold libation. Let me tell you how I wrote this little theme. I went and took a call from brother Jason, and he tells me that he has a little dream. He says he needs a backwards intro to begin his podcast, and I ask him what you got. He said I'll start off with some talking and some movie clips and popcorn fighting, fantasy explorations and some groundness exploitation, kickstarts that I'm watching and some blind unboxings, full month horror movie marathon. Sometimes I'll let the box come on, contest and of course you know it's all about games. That's a slowdown, let's just start with the name. It's the Nerds RPG Variety Welcome back, Nerds RPG Variety Cast. I have a special show for you. We have a panel discussion on the new 2022 Robert Eggers film, The Northman. Today in the panel, I have, we're just going to go alphabetical order. We have BJ from The Arcane Alienist. How are you doing tonight, BJ? I'm doing great. Glad to be here. Excellent. And I have Joe Salvador of Raven Guy Games. How are you doing tonight, Joe? I'm great, man. Thanks for having me on. Excellent. And, and then you have, you know, me, Jason, from the Nerds RPG Variety Cast. Not <laughs> very exciting there. But the other two are pretty exciting. So so what, what we're going to do is we're going to do a short spoiler-free be a, be session. A, Jason, yeah. don't sell yourself short. You have to have that reckless courage of a true Viking. That's right. That's true. That's this, me this episode. Yeah. <laughs> well, 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 we're going to get into that, uh, actually. But, but before we do that, let's do a short spoiler-free section here on, on kind of what we thought. Is, is this a movie you, you would recommend? Or which audiences would you guys recommend people go to? I, I, I guess we'll go reverse order here. We'll let Joe go first. Uh, I would recommend the movie, yes. Um, I, think it's, I think it's a masterpiece, I'm not going to lie. Um, I don't think it's for everybody. Um, it's, it kind of straddles some lines between uh i mean clearly it's not an action movie right people are going to go into it expecting like the viking show or something it's not that um i feel like there are horror elements uh and what i was most impressed with i think is how it straddles that's probably not the right word but combines um myth and fantasy with a just a gritty brutal realism yeah, I think it's excellent. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, BJ? Um, I, I would definitely recommend it um, to anyone who is a fan of mythology, folklore, uh, uh, fantasy, you know, the typical stuff we talk about <laughs> in our community. Um, I would also agree, though, that it's not a action-adventure movie. I mean, there's some, some cool fight scenes that are choreographed well, but they're, they serve the purpose of the story. They're not, it's not, a, it's not an action movie or even really an adventure movie. It's a drama. Um, I think it, it had some beautiful cinematography and, and was well acted. Um, I think if you're into maybe a, I don't, I don't know if I call it an art house movie, but it definitely has that. If, if, you're, if you're a person who just loves cinema, and it appreciates a well-crafted movie, and then I would also recommend do it, even if it's not the subject matter you would normally find interesting, because you get good performances from the actors and good storytelling and the good combination of everything that goes into to making a film. Um, but what I was most impressed by 
is how it captures the brutal nihilistic we are slaves to our fate kind of idea that that comes from the the Norse sagas right and and, and that's what i was going to say is this isn't a this isn't a hero's journey you don't you have a protagonist in this movie but you don't have a good guy in this movie per se right it's right. this is showing it, it i'm it's not a it's not a documentary but it's showing it's it's pretty darn good showing of what life was like back then and kind of through their eyes is what they're trying to do obviously that involves some art house stuff and all but they're trying to get you to see it from the mindset of the characters you know the mindset of the main character which is really cool and it's something eggers has done before when we look at his other movies you know especially the witch this is closer to the witch than lighthouse but but it's also not exactly like the witch it's you, you know, it definitely has more appeal than the witch does. I think, as far as you, you know, if you're into Vikings and 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 you don't mind, you you know, a little bit of um, arty stuff in there, I I think you'll definitely enjoy this. So, okay, so that's our spoiler-free you know, part. Uh, Ray, unless anybody else has any spoiler-free stuff, I, I was going to say, uh, you know, I've liked. Joe mentioned the Vikings television show. I've enjoyed Norse mythology since I was in high school. Mm -hmm. um, but it's just in the Vikings actually got me interested in taking us an actual more look as an adult who could sit and read and get more sources and not just a kid thumbing through bullfinches mythology. What, what is, what is Norse mythology really like? And which led me to, I think we will probably talk a little bit about Jack, Jackson Crawford, his YouTube channel. And then, this movie, and I guess as, as much as Vikings maybe have renewed people's interest in Viking and, and medieval Norse culture, yeah. the, more, the more I realize what a bad representation it is because they, they throw a lot of our, our modern thinking and our modern sense of heroism and villainy and right and wrong and uh, kind of try to, I think they're trying to tap into that Game, Game of Thrones vibe. Yeah, absolutely. But, at the, yeah. but by sacrificing history, which... It's kind of sad that it's on the History Channel because you kind of want to hope that the History Channel is giving you a well, <laughs> well-researched look, look into the subject. Yeah, matter. but look what else is on the History Channel, right? So that's true. Yeah, that's true. The, the, that's true. I, I think this is a. It, it, it probably is the. It, it's not like say it's not a documentary. It's probably the most accurate depiction we've seen. I mean, that's a low bar, but it, but it's probably the most accurate depiction we've seen. Hmm. You, you know, in a lot of ways. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I would say without doubt. Um, I mean, what's the competition? Yeah, well, Vikings. I love Vikings with with Kirk Douglas, but yeah, I do too. But it's not, yeah, you know exactly right. You know, Eric the Conqueror, or I mm -hmm. mean, look at any of those things. It, it, this is 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 much better research. And I guess before we go into the spoiler section here, real quickly, we'll, we'll just say, you know, he he, this isn't something he just made up on his own. You know, he worked with with actual experts on this. Um, primarily, one of the big ones was I want to say his name was. Neil Pierce, I, I just had it here. Yeah, N Neil Price, I'm sorry. N Neil Price is one of the, the, the big historians he worked with. And he actually has a great book, Children of Ash and Elm, A History of the Vikings, that I highly recommend you check out. Great those right here. Yeah. It's, yeah. So definitely, it, it, it's worthwhile. If you're a student of this kind of stuff, you will appreciate this movie, I think. I, I, I don't think mm. you, you could walk away without, you, you know, appreciating it if you you know the not everything's exactly period accurate but they went to they really worked hard to try to make it all period accurate you know absolutely they, they didn't mollycoddle actors at all 
you can tell they're cold and nasty and dirty the entire you know throughout the filming and it's mm -hmm. it's just very very well done the the other thing i would say the last thing before we skip over to the spoiler section is i would say if you have a local alamo draft house i would go see it there i'm going to pitch my favorite theater chain not only do they have a liquor license not only would they bring food to your table not only do they kick out people when they're loud and are on their cell phones but they have a 30-minute pre-show before all their movies even if you don't go see this movie there, they tailor that pre-show with clips and little things and trailers specific to that movie. So this movie had, you know, Eric the Conqueror. It had um, The Norseman, which had, you know, Lee Majors in it. It had some Bjork stuff in there. Or how do you say it? I, I know Bjork is the right Bjork. Yeah. yeah. But, but, it had, but they tailor. And every movie they show, they do that for. So I, I would highly recommend if you haven't checked that experience out, go check that out. Why would you not feast and drink while you're watching a movie about a Viking saga? Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, you know, it, it maybe if you don't have a designated driver. But so, so with that, we're going to go into our spoiler portion here. So if you have not seen the film and you want to see the film, pause this podcast. We'll be here when you get back. Okay. Spoilers ahead. So where do we start? I, I, I think... The, the most the thing I think we'll go around I'll start this one go around what you, you know what did you walk away in, impressing you maybe the most out of this and for me it was the mixture as I mentioned the idea of seeing it through their eyes kind of in their mindset so there, there is when we when we say artsy stuff there's you know question whether is this mythology is it really happening like were the ravens free him I, I mean I you know that could have been uh Olga sneaking in and cutting him free and him imagining that that's Ravens. But I think a lot of this stuff, I, I think we're supposed to, I mean, it's like a saga. So I, I think, you know, the mystical things do happen in this movie, but, but in here, it's so interwoven in the character's acceptance of it, I think is real because I think back then they wouldn't have questioned it because that was the culture and the belief and the, you, you know, spirituality and, and what, you know, so, so they wouldn't bat an eye if they met that, one-eyed stranger on the road they're, they're going to treat him with respect or you know comes to their home you know because that could be you know Woden and, and they're and, and they would believe that there, there's no question of that and, and I think the way the Eggers mix that together really worked very well um, so that's kind of and, and it does a fight at a volcano better than any Star Wars movie so we'll, we'll throw that out there <laughs> but, um, let's let's BJ what did you walk away that was your um I walked away with, with the feeling of, uh, I think I said earlier that I felt they very much captured the mood of, of a Viking saga to give you a sense of what the spirit in which those stories are told and probably how they were received. And, when, and you have to put yourself in the mindset of a different time and place and view of the world. Um, and I thought that was what was very, like I, like I walked out thinking there's a little piece of me going, Having, I think I, I had to even remind myself knowing, going in, knowing it wasn't there, that there's not going to be a lot of heroics in this in the conventional sense. Um, so, uh, but, but I thought they did a good job of, um, I also appreciate that this wasn't a hundred percent. Well, I don't know if you have a hundred percent. I don't know how many different versions of the, the Amleth saga are out there, but I mean, they didn't try to reinterpret anything or insert anything. He didn't stay completely true to the story there are parts of the story that aren't in the movie that, that are in the, the saga 
and there are things that aren't in the saga that are here. So it's not a faithful adaptation, but I felt like everything he did still referenced this sort of worldview or this time and place to help reinforce this is what's going on. Um, the big one I noticed was is basically the, the alias he gives himself is Beowulf, even though those stories are not historically thought to be linked. Yeah. Um, but it just was kind of a shout out to <laughs> that yeah. time and place. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also on that, um, uh, I guess this the spoiler section. So. Oh yeah. Uh, in Eaters of the Dead, in the book, right mm-hmm. of the Thirteenth Warrior. Uh, uh, the Beowulf character has to go and find a special sword. Does that sound familiar? Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't think that's in Beowulf. Um, maybe it's in a like a pre-story or something that's in there. I can't remember. Uh, well, yeah, this was right out of Howard, though. Really, I know the way the, the way they depicted it was the thing in the crypt. Right? Oh my yeah, god! If, if, uh, no. Yeah, if they don't if they don't get Eggers to direct the next Conan movie, they're missing out. <laughs> right. Right. Um, yeah. I, I mean, as far as like what when I walked away thinking I, I honestly i think like i have to like digest it a lot more and like see it again <clears throat> but uh i agree with both of you guys that um you know i love getting the intimacy i guess of, of the characters um because you you do you get into the mindset <clears throat> you question you know, as a viewer you believe that uh, uh amleth is seeing these things right the, the supernatural things but as the viewer, you're like, is that real or is that not real? Um, I like that a lot. Um, and I was also impressed, you know, we were talking about the realism of it. Um, there's things in that that are like directly out of uh, runestone carvings, directly out of archaeology. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that Viking Hall was, it's a Viking Hall. It has raised sides, you know, a, a low center where, where they would, you know, have their cook fires or whatever um the uh right in that early scene uh with the shield dance um and they're they're working themselves into the fury uh that sort of the guy that was leading it like the odin like character um i believe that that's taken from a it's an inscription or, or like a i guess an engraving on a helmet plate that was found i mean it looks just like it uh was the horns coming up mm-hmm. Um, and then on the helmet plate right next to him is a, a Ulf Haithner, which, you know, berserk. Uh, it's just, it's just perfect, man. So, so good. Yeah, it, it, it really is. It's amazing how much they, I mean, you can tell they've done the research here and, and there's some mixture of periods in here. And, and if, if you really want to nitpick it, yeah, you, you, you have a few, a few, you know, two or 300 years worth of different stuff in here but but really it's all it's nothing like other movies yeah. when you we yeah. talk about period accuracy that like the chain mail that ethan hawk um i, I know we should call him by the character's names but he's let's see ethan hawk's king uh, i can't pronounce these names anyway but yeah, i don't remember <laughs> but, but ethan hawk who's the king you know harvindale there we go his but that chain mail's correctly made pounded rivet i mean if 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 you because i've seen some where people pause the trailer and zoomed in. Oh yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's actually correct. You know, it's, it's, it's done right. You know, the helmet that his brother's wearing when he comes to, to, to kill him. Is, I mean, I, and I can't, again, that can't pronounce that, but that you know, authentic there, you know, with the chain mail mm-hmm. down over his face is beautiful. Mm-hmm. In fact, all the helmets and you know, all your warriors are carrying around shields like they should be. Yep. Spears. 
Yeah, spears. Spears are very, um, very common in the movie, and they would have been the, the most, most common weapon of the day. Yeah. Right. I, I love that, that when we meet our character as a full-grown man, he doesn't have a sword. Mm-hmm. That's important. Like, yeah. sword is a prestige weapon. He's just a, he's just a guy on a ship. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Of course, the, the the best scene with the spear is when you first see him, where he catches the spear the guy throws at him off the wall and hurls it back. Yes. Which, which, which let's talk about that for a second. Yeah. It's an awesome scene, but that's one of the few. Obviously, there's CGI with with a few other things. Some of the what, what we're, we're calling artsy, where they mm-hmm. bring the mystical stuff in. There's some CGI, and and him catching the spear and throwing it back has some CGI mixed in it. But the vast majority of this is practical. The vast yes. majority of the special effects and the stunts and even the, the takes or lo- these long, long takes, it, it's all practical. It's, they built the villages, no sound stages. You know, they filmed on site. They, mm-hmm. and, 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 you know, the fights are long enough and the camera's far enough back. It's not like standard Hollywood. We have quick cuts and the actors don't know how to fight. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I don't know how well these guys know how to fight, but, but you know, it, it's all very very well done and practical a lot the majority of the cast are icelandic or at least you, you know nordic i mean you bring a couple of people in like nicole kidman and but for the most part you, you know it's all just right mm-hmm. absolutely it's not modern yeah it was done on film they actually filmed on film it wasn't digital it's was just <clears throat> yeah. just amazing yeah i understand skarsgård did a lot of his own stunts mm-hmm. Um, and he was a beast. I mean, the way he looked oh, like a He-Man. He looked like a He-Man action figure. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Yeah, but that that initial um, uh, storming of the city mm-hmm. scene—I understand that was two cuts. It was a, which is impressive. Oh yeah, because yeah. it went. What did what, it take? Five ten minutes. Probably yeah yeah. Yeah, I, I, it, it was. It's an amazing scene. Um, yeah. and, and some of the things in here. What, what, we we're going to talk about, and, and we're probably going to bounce around as we talk, folks. Sorry about that. But, you know, talk about neat things. We have magic in here, and we, we do see, but the magic isn't, you know, it's, it's not the magic we think of when we think D&D or we think standard fantasy, even Tolkien magic. You know, the things that, that Olga, Anna Taylor-Joy's character is doing, that's, we're, we're, look at where she gets the animals incited, right? And mm-hmm. I'm assuming she did that. Now, maybe she didn't, but but I'm assuming she got where all the dogs attacked, you, you know, in the building. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it never, I, that's it never something that was really interesting know, to me. But um, because, think about that spell in a game, though, right? Yeah. Oh, you, yeah just absolutely. all your animals, all, all the animals attack you. you, you know, we're just, I mean, and that's a, amazing that's, and scary. And, and um, <laughs> uh, that's, uh, I think, I don't know, my read of it on, on first viewing, I guess, was that because uh, uh, Amleth was um, he was he was a wolf warrior, right? He he wore the wolf skin. They all wore the wolf skin, uh, and he seemed to have some sort of connection with dogs, didn't he? And I don't know. I felt like he was the one that was causing the animals to be excited. But I mean, I don't Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I thought it was really interesting that uh, was it the fox, the blue fox, or whatever, mm-hmm. seemed to be like yeah. it's animal spirit maybe i don't know mm-hmm. it was all that stuff that's the thing that's what i'm saying like there's magic in it and i don't really know what to think about it that makes it that makes right. it really good. and that makes it better even and mm-hmm. and we'll we're and and we're going to turn it over to bj here for a minute because because he wants to talk about it. now there's one thing we see with the women especially olga who's who's not actually icelandic or or, or, or swedish she's 
comes from Land of the Roos. She's a, a Slavic character, right? Mm-hmm. That captures a slave, and and yes, slavery is a thing in, in this because it was a thing back then. But you you know we we're, we're given to believe that she really has magical powers from not, not only the the idea of doing you, you know where she's poisoned their food and cast spell on that, and because just because you poison somebody's food, they're probably not going to you know kill them, commit suicide, stab themselves in the throat with a knife, and all that stuff. But but there at the end where she picks up the wind to to get the ship moving right um which that's an awesome i can't wait to get that on blu-ray at home and you, you know where she where she's doing that at the end it's just great but but we see her and then we see some sears you, you know we see bjork we see william defoe we who william defoe might be the only one that physically existed i i, I don't know and then we see the guy that tells him about the sword i don't know that actor's mm-hmm. name i think he's a stank actor but yeah. i but I, I think both he and Bjork are, are, they're not physical. They may be physically there, but they're not there that anybody else could probably see them or interact, interact with them. Um, yeah. So, but, but BJ, I, I you had BJ some, wanted to talk about. Yeah, he wanted to, yeah, he wanted to talk about magic and, and that kind of thing. Oh, BJ, you're muted. You're, you're muted, I think. Nope. Nope. Maybe. Yeah, we're not getting any audio, BJ. How's that? Is that better? That's better. Okay, go. somehow I got switched off. I was trying to look at the name of the. I've got the cast list in front of me, but I can't pick out yeah. the guy who played the uh, the guy with the head. I, I know. Yeah, William. Yeah, it was William Defoe's drunken head, right? Yeah, I mean, he yeah, was. It's, yeah. it's the analog of York from Hamlet, right? You know, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I thought that yeah. was an interesting shout out, also to the to the sort of tales of Mimir, where mm-hmm. they you know they. Odin preserves his head and allows it to speak wisdom mm-hmm. to him. Um, so that was a neat um, thing. But yeah, I, I think the thing I noticed was you see you see Bjork and Olga as Slavic sorceresses, but you don't see any Norse or or, or Viking vulvas. Uh, they're, they're, they're the only ones you see are apparently male, which is supposed to be this huge taboo in Viking culture that, that uh, men were not supposed to practice that kind of magic. That was a woman thing, and it was seen as unmanly to uh, to debase yourself to do that. Which, and I don't know if that was just a if that was a purposeful choice on the part of the filmmakers, it, or or where that comes from, or so, or if every time I you mean, see an old guy with a gray beard, it's supposed to kind of be Odin going go this way. So there's a there's a myth where Odin uh, Odin was presumably. Uh, himself a, a user of, of safer magic mm-hmm. right yeah um and this was in that, that jackson crawford actually he was, he was talking about mm-hmm. uh, is it locusana where loki is taunting the gods and he he taunts odin by telling him that he's unmanly because he practices lady magic basically um and if you notice in the scene with i have the the cast pulled up it's he's called the he witch mm-hmm. um when the he witch is uh, <laughs> uh giving his prophecies and whatnot he's wearing women's clothing um, and that was, uh, I believe that was part of the, I guess the, the, the myth, like, right. You have to change your, uh, you the full your reality, right? Like you have to change yourself to, to actually, mm-hmm. uh, use this, the magic. Right. Cause weren't those, I, I don't know what you call them, but those metal brooches, yeah. like brooches that the, the double brooches, they were, that that's cause they're women's attire, right? Mm-hmm. He's yeah. wearing a dress. They were, they were holding yeah. his dress mm-hmm. up. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I, I thought that was awesome. And I, I honestly, like thinking back, I almost feel like he had feminine mannerisms, like the way he moved his face 
does that make sense? Yeah. And they got a big beard, but um, there were still things that I was like, it, it just felt like he was different, right? Like he was, he was, um, you know, he, he was a magic man. What, yeah. uh, what's called a, a Sather, Sather Modder or something. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Uh, I thought that was yeah, it's one of those movies where I've I've gotten so used to watching so much on, on at home where I can pause and rewind and turn on subtitles if I miss something that I kind of walked out thinking, man, I wish I could. I, can't, I felt myself in the theater like almost reflexively with my thumb, like I got to pause that and back up and see what he just said. It didn't work here. Yeah, <laughs> that, that brings up a good point, though. So one thing I guess we should cover, and I've listened to some some podcast interviews with the cast members and all since I've seen it. And they, they don't, nobody's going to argue that these are the authentic accents, right? Because mm -hmm. nobody actually knows what the authentic accents are. And, and, and when I was listening to Anna Taylor Joy, or is it Joy Taylor, Anna Taylor Joy, I believe, but the, you know, plays Olga, she was saying that, and if they tried to do the, the closest thing they know from the scholars, it would be un, ununderstandable by, mm -hmm. by most people. So what they did is they, they figured out the best thing they could do where people could still understand them. But they do have slightly different accents. The Rus have a slightly different accent than, yeah. you, you know, Amos Village yeah. from, you, you know, your different groups have slightly different accents. We, we, so one, so one they thing make might, a, a really attempt. Or Go ahead, TJ, yeah. sorry. One, one thing I noticed was that um, in the history of Iceland, you, know, you have these people who come from, from Scandinavia, most of them just gruntled nobles. But most of their slaves are from the British Isles. And they're, they're, most of them were Picts. And so you notice, other than, than he and Olga, all the slaves that are already there, they have like Gaelic sounding accents when they speak. Mm -hmm. They were Scots. They don't, have too, they don't have too many lines, but they definitely have like Scottish sounding accents. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I thought that was a nice little attention to detail. Yeah, I, I agree. That, that's like, um, you know, we think, uh, you know, looking back as, as like non scholars, right? Like we don't, we don't know too much ourselves about, well, I certainly don't, about like the Middle Ages. We think that. Well, like in DCC, you never travel more than five miles from your home. And that was just simply not true. That's just not true. Um, there was quite a bit of, of mobility uh, going on. Like, I mean, think about not only like uh, in the Viking period, these, these guys sailed seas and rivers hundreds of miles, thousands of miles. And yeah, maybe that's different. But even uh, uh, just in England, you would have... You know, if they called up the feared and, you know, all the farmers had to go to war, they would travel the, the breadth of England, right? Like, that's not, that's not five miles. Um, think about the Crusades. Those people were traveling around. They, they knew things. They, they, they saw things. They experienced different peoples. Um, and when you see that, like you're saying, in Iceland, they have all these different enslaved folks there. It's just realistic. I mean, that's just, that they, they, were, they were doing that. They were trading you're going many, many different places. And it's like, we're going trading them everywhere. Yeah. It's like, um, uh, there's a Buddha or something from the far East found in Sweden that has traded it, you know, right. it's really yeah, interesting. It's, and, and more and more we're finding more about you know, as archeologists and scholars are digging deeper, you know, I mean, they weren't just raiders, you, you, you know, you had a, you had a season where people go raiding, like go Viking. But we, we also had, you know, farmers and poets and, and all this other stuff. We know that. Let, but, but we're talking about the slaves. So let's use that as a transition to talk just a few minutes about the actors. Because when we have slaves, 
we, we got to a certain match where we get to see somebody. Now, I didn't watch a lot of trailers, a lot of things for this movie. So when the mountain from Game of Thrones pops up, you know, I, I didn't, wasn't expecting that. Where, did, did you guys know he was in the movie? No, in fact, no. It took me took me a second to realize that's who it was because he, he looked very different. Yeah. Yeah, I have to I have to be honest. I didn't know it was him to begin with. Yeah, that I was never him. watched Game of Thrones. Okay, well, <laughs> and then, and then, and then, <laughs> that's okay. You didn't miss anything. But. And then when he did, I had to go. Oh, holy crap! How tall is Alexander Skarsgård? <laughs> he's he's like six four. He's a big guy. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah and incidentally, I should probably say that I realized that the enslaved people that we see in the movie, they, you know, they they weren't traveling by choice. They were forced to travel. Right. Um, yeah. But the, I mean, the point stands like people were moving around uh, the, the land. So. Oh, oh, yeah, 100 percent. Yeah, it's we, we have very. It, yeah, it's interesting because if you go to learn about these periods, you really need to get rid of, you, you know, your notions, your preconceived notions, you, you know. Yeah. Um, I don't know if anybody bothered you talking about the, the actors playing the slaves. I don't know if you got any guys bothered to watch the New Mutants movie adaption. Mm-hmm. I've seen it. Yeah, it's not yeah, that good. <laughs> Yeah, but it just reinforces to me that Anna Taylor Joy was the appropriate casting choice to play Ilyana Rasputin. She, she's been a great, yeah, she's been a great actress yeah. in everything I've seen her. For, I mean, I watched the, I, and I, I should remember what it's called, the the movie where she's playing chess on HBO or Netflix or whatever that. It, um, mm-hmm. I, but in everything she's in, in Emma, you, you know, yeah, she does yeah. a good job in Emma. Um, yeah. Queen, Queen's Gambit. Blunders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but she. But her first real acting role was in The Witch with, with Eggers. And, um, yeah, or her big acting, her big movie mm-hmm. role, right? Um, but she does a great job in here. She, she's, it, I mean, she sells it. She's great. And, and you can tell she's not, you know, a, a, a weak woman being second from the, you know, as soon as she sees him and realizes, hey, you, you know, this isn't just another slave. She starts, ah, scheming might be the wrong word, but she realizes, you know, she doesn't trust him at first, but she knows she has to ally herself with him, you know, because this is possibly her chance out. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. you know, she builds on that and becomes a, you know, a serious partner with him to, working together throughout this, which is great. I, I think if anybody really doesn't. So Nicole Kidman has one really good scene, has, has a great scene there at the end. And, and she's a great actress. If anybody, she might stuck out the most and maybe it's because she's the most recognizable we've seen her do so many other things but i think everybody is really well cast william defoe sticks out too i mean just because he's william defoe but right he's, he's <laughs> amazing in everything he does right like, yeah but, <clears throat> yeah um claus bang i i'm probably saying that wrong but the brother he he mm-hmm. fiona he he's great and i love that i love the switch they do that and i don't know and i have to admit i haven't read the that the actual story is based on with Amla. So I don't know if that's true in that story, but the switch where, you know, he wasn't, yeah, he killed the father, but it wasn't necessarily a bad thing to do. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. it was, but yeah. it's, but arguably, you know, the idea is Ethan Hawke was even worse than he was. And yeah. Yeah. It, just, it's that Amla didn't have the whole story, got a child story. Right. In well, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he didn't, he didn't really know what was going on, but I mean, it's just realistic yeah, like again like there's no heroes in this movie everybody's kind of like some weird shade of gray mm-hmm. and I mean, that's a think? that's a constant theme in the in the heroic sagas is, is oh, brothers absolutely. brothers betraying each other and fighting mm-hmm. over inheritances and stabbing yeah, each mean, other in the back and 
there's the occasional like lifelong friendship like um and y'all saw and y'all and cigarettes Sig or something i can't remember mm -hmm. um, um but yeah you're right like there's always like just betrayal and you know it's just good stuff but yeah like like olga like you're saying on the ship when, when they meet you don't really know what her motive is right like um he just helped and she presumably realizes right that, that he just helped murder her, her city or whatever mm -hmm. um so I mean, maybe you're right like she sees like an opportunity in him like why would this guy do this uh but you don't really know what her uh i guess her her, her true intentions are right like she, she might is she gonna be, she betray him or whatever i don't i don't think that anybody thought that they would end up in love or whatever right this is interesting man yeah. oh it is um last thing on the actors and if you guys have any comments i just we, we can talk about kid actors in this i i thought the you know we played young amleth the the mm -hmm. And I should, I'll find his name here in a second. But I think he did a really good job. I, you know, as a 10 year old mm -hmm. actor, I, I think he, he, he sold it. He, he did a good job. Yeah. And I love where he, I, I love the end that comes to the guy who he cuts his nose off and, and getting away. And then he, <laughs> yeah. and that final kill to him was great. Um, yeah, there's Scar, some... or, no, I'm sorry, Finner, um, the nose snub. Yeah. Yeah. But, gruesome stuff in this yeah. um there's definitely gruesome which is fitting and it makes you know uh, yeah so we yeah. haven't mentioned the um uh the corpses on the on the house <clears throat> no let's get, go, go. <laughs> yeah. uh so i mean uh, i guess to, to give the story behind it like you know he is terrorizing this village um just to get his revenge and he kills several dudes in, in the night mm -hmm. and when they're found they're hung up on the outside of the building and in the shape of Sletmere. Yep. Did you notice? Yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. Did I see that? And I was like, wait. I was and and, and it that doesn't, was one the ones it doesn't dwell on it. it. Yeah, no, <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, because it doesn't dwell on it. It just kind of goes by. Uh -huh. And, and yeah. it's like, you can tell what they're doing, but you, if you don't know, you wouldn't know. You, no, like, right. What's that? Yeah. yeah. Right. Because um, at first I thought. I just started like kind of giggling to myself like like shaking my head just because it was like so perfect <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah yeah yeah, yeah ahead, at first i thought is that a centaur <laughs> oh wait a minute and then i was like I, I, that was one of those times where i felt like i need to i wish i could pause that and back it up just to take it in yeah. but uh yeah that was pretty i noticed that that was a recurrent theme of him him being i guess faithful to odin Odin is mm -hmm. his god, and he's he, he that, when he has that sort of you're not his dad comes back and says you're not a boy anymore, and they have this ceremony, secret ceremony where they mm -hmm. sort of like an kind of indoctrinate him into being a berserker, and, and mm -hmm. the, this is all about Odin, and yet his uncle is pretty devoted to Freyr, mm -hmm. yeah, and uh, and it, they never really say it, but it, it almost presents this conflict between Odin and Freyr, um, which I thought was kind of interesting that they never really went any, I mean, it never really dug into it and i know right. again oh, what yeah. was the was that just kind of window dressing or was there some me deeper meaning there you know you don't really yeah, that's it's free to figure out that's not something i really thought of too much to be honest i i, you know, I realized that but again, i don't really i don't i don't know if there's there's any more meaning to it that's something we're up to check out with the second second viewing i think mm -hmm. yeah. yeah yeah there's um, a there's a lot here to to want to go back to see the, and, uh, and i did notice the uh the funeral scene for um for uh Fjolnir's oldest son mm -hmm. is taken directly from uh David Fallon. Um 
Yeah, I'm trying to use that where the the Christian priest is describing a funeral they had for. <clears throat> yeah, it was Ibn Fadlan. Uh, whenever it was the the uh, uh -huh. Baghdad, or uh, I think it's from Baghdad, uh, the mercenary. Yeah, era. yeah, the guy that basically like a trainer or something. He went up the Volga. Yeah, and saw it. Yeah, that's yep. the same thing that they used in the thirteenth warrior. Right. Yeah. yeah. Down yeah. to the, they they uh -huh. strangle the maiden while somebody else you know stabs yeah. her to death and yeah right putting the horses chopping up the horse and throwing it in there. And <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. Uh, another part where you're you know it gets in that is it real or is it not is his night blade the sword that he finds right yeah and that yeah, he uses because you can only un, you can only unsheath it at, at night <clears throat> or or at the gates of hell right mm -hmm. and and the fact i mean i mean you you, you when you they show the trouble. dwarves yeah yeah they show dwarves dwarves making, yeah like right yeah right it was like and is, uh, it, is it meteorite metal is that kind of the idea that it's not of this world maybe, maybe? <laughs> I, I i don't know um yeah, yeah i'm not sure but i, I just chuckled when the when when the the half nose, you know, you know, his house Carl, when he throws out. it, you can't, yeah, he can't unsheath it. So he throws it in the corner, <laughs> or, you know, but yeah, that yeah, was man. great. It's like, uh, what a great magic weapon. Mm -hmm. So cool. Yeah. No, was, there's so many great things in this movie, really. Yeah. I think there was enough action. I don't think it was, I mean, your action scenes yeah. are right. There's not a ton. There's, as far as big act, you have the raid on the village. We, we could, uh, I what's the, do you know what the right name is for the game they're playing? It was lacrosse uh, or Viking lacrosse. I, I don't know what the right name uh, is. Basically, I, I don't there's recall. A name for it. Yeah, yeah, there's um, a name. But I mean, I would count hockey. that as. Yeah, I, I would count that as an action scene, and and, and that was pretty great. And, yeah. and then you have the you know the couple there in the, or uh, there in the village. Did do you did you guys think? Because I'm curious about this. He let himself get captured there, didn't he? after it, yes. when they're gonna where is they're killing slaves because he wasn't really killing the the men and, and he just kind of let them overwhelm him he, mm -hmm. he, he, did, he wasn't fighting till he was taken down yeah i i feel like he he knew the prophecy and he knew that he wouldn't die there uh, well and he he says he, he did it to save olga right so olga could get away right yeah um yeah yeah and he said as much right he mm -hmm. yeah he was being you know tortured um right. yeah uh, I don't know, BJ. Well, again, you see him pull a trick. He mm -hmm. pulls a trick. He lies to him. I have your son's heart in a bag to let everybody go. And I'll give it to you. And then we're about to kill him. He's like, how do you know this is really, I mean, it's, yeah, that's right. a very Odin-like thing to do. You know, Odin always exempts himself from the kind of honor he expects out of everybody else. That's true. Right. Uh, that's true. But that's yeah. also kind of seen as part of that courageous, you know, the, the Viking idea of courage is not chivalry. It's, I'm, um, aggressive and brave but bravery might also be bluffing and lying and deceiving mm -hmm. and trying to get away with it it's it's just kind right. of a boldness in, in a lot of different forms as opposed to sure you know so, i will only face you on honor you know on the battle of honor with field of honor with these following rules and yeah so long as you're you're pursuing your faith right yeah mm -hmm. um yeah that's interesting what, what what did you think of the what, what we saw the valkyrie the vision of the valkyrie in there yeah, uh, I thought that was really well done. And like you said, like I feel like where when there was CGI for the most part, um, you knew you always know it's CGI, right? Like you, you can't escape that. But when you use it for the supernatural stuff, it's perfect. It makes yeah. it weird, right? It gives it that weird feel. Um, and then she had the the filings in her teeth. Just see that? Yeah, she had the card. Yeah, because the card runes and teeth, yeah. and they would color them in. 
Yeah, Lyra. I had to look it up. They, yeah. they, they think that it was, a, it was a feminine thing, but I don't think it's, it's really nailed down archaeologically. Mm -hmm. um, I noticed the, uh, the, 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 fe the, her feather cloak were, were um, swan feathers, which is, you know, you wonder the, the swan may and uh, yeah. three hearts and three lions kind of is, mm -hmm. pulls from there. And that's where the swan may and D&D. Yeah. From there, yeah, the original, I think that originally is a, a reference to the, the, the cloaks of the, the Valkyrie. Yeah. Um, it was uh, Freya, I think, had a, a feather cloak, right? Uh -huh. that, that Loki borrowed all the time in the mess. Her, I think hers were falcon feathers. Yeah. I, yeah. Maybe. I, I think maybe yeah. it was something. I, I know there's a feather cloak. <laughs> yeah. But I do remember a reference to the Valkyrie having, mm -hmm. having uh, swan cloaks. You know what? That might be in Bolsonga Saga. Uh, I'd have to go back and look at that. But uh, and I, I thought it was an interesting choice not to have her horse have wings. It just magically mm -hmm. walks and runs through the air. Yeah. Um, which maybe is a little more. Of course, her, no horns on the helmets. Right. No, right. That was, <laughs> that that was had a horse except, motif on the... Yeah, except for the um, uh, the guy in the beginning leading the, the shield dance. Uh, which yeah. we see, in, like you say, is authentic. We, mm -hmm. we, we see Absolutely. that. Yeah. So. But it, again, it was, that kind of thing isn't particularly well suited i think to defense like you're just get knocked off your head um well even, ceremonial yeah, yeah. right it's a ceremonial yeah. helmet like even like japanese we think of kabutos the japanese helmets those were usually like they would just tear away it would just break off mm -hmm. um yeah i what else is there to say like it's everything is done I, yeah well. well i was just saying i think the cgi i agree that the cgi was very appropriately used whenever there was something magic or mysterious and I like the way in each, <clears throat> I know we, we mentioned this before, but I did like the way that every magical thing that happens gives you just enough of, did that really happen? Or is this just this way everybody believes is happening because of their way, their view of how the world works. So he, you know, the, probably the only one that's just almost like, wow, it's when Bjork disappears, kind of, or, you know, or, mm -hmm. or Sierra's character. And they're like, well, that seems kind of real. But then, you know, he fights this kind of white for the, the sword, but then, when he beats him, he's kind of standing back in front of the body again, and he just picks up. Well, did he? Was that just in his imagination, or did that? What was happened? Or when the when the ravens come in, in, into the barn, it's like, and, and then Odin is behind him. It's like, did Odin really set him free, or did a raven just kind of peck at the blood on the rope and yeah. it was just good luck? What what really happened mm -hmm. there? And the probably the the the, the Norse people would say both. Mm -hmm. It's not different. Right. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. Like you just it, that's. If it if it was just ravens pecking at the blood on the rope, well, that's a sign. I mean, that's yeah. that's an omen or whatever. Um, it's luck, you know. Odin being the god, the luck giver, the battle luck giver, I guess. Mm -hmm. It's just your luck holding true, and you know, Odin always withdraws his favor. Right? No, I, yeah, I um, well, well, let's wrap up. Um, any final thoughts? We'll go. Um, let's see. We'll go with Joe first this time, or do you want, need a minute? <laughs> no, I'm the final thoughts are just. Uh, go see the movie and that's basically it like i i think this is i think it's a masterpiece like i said and, and eggers makes amazing movies to begin with um i've seen some critique that this is this is, can be a little bit slow i don't really agree with that i feel like even the slow parts like the, the plot's moving forward there's planning there's there's some kind of low-key cunning going on you know um yeah. and i i didn't really feel like it was slow at all um with a witch, I do feel like it's, it was more slow. Right. It was excellent, but um, 
Yeah, I don't think we're we're gonna see too many movies like this. So yeah, no, and, and definitely go see. So I think it was like twenty three million opening weekend, something like that is what I saw. So okay. which is, I I don't know. It's we we need people to go out and see it. So it because mm-hmm. it was like a I think it went over budget. So somewhere between seventy ninety million to make yeah, it. Is my understanding. Yeah. And it'd be a shame if, even if it's not, ex- if you, if you even think you'll like it, you should go see it because the more people go see this, the more likely other things like it will be made. And the less, if we only go to Avengers movies, they're going to be made, whether you or I individually see them or not, but mm-hmm. some of these are, are more independent films. I'll say if we don't support them in theaters, you know you lessen the chance i mean the, the amount of money they threw at this thing is really kind of surprising yeah and, and it shows it's it, it's it's worth it but hopefully folks will get out and see it yeah, yeah it's a work of art yeah i'm glad i saw it on a big screen i know i know i'll want to see it later at home where i can pause and, and rewind and, and like i said but but, but the, the even when they're just using practical effects even when it's just the cinematography of just, of just the set it's, it's well done and i think the pacing even where it's slow it's slow for a reason where it's slow it serves the purpose of setting the tone and the mood so that when something happens it's all more powerful or meaningful when, when there is an action scene or or some dialogue those long pauses give you kind of a, a feeling of that that again that time and place that if you just were to pace it through it and make it more like an action movie i think a lot of that would be lost because you would, you would lose some of the huge epic scope of what's going on. Yeah, yeah I, no, I agree that it, it's well worth seeing on the big screen because of the cinematography, because of how it's filmed, where it's filmed. The yeah. scenery is beautiful. Um, you, you know, it definitely makes you want to visit Iceland, right? Yeah, so. we didn't even talk about the grandeur of the landscape. The landscape is itself almost like a character in the movie, right? Everything is so grim. Like there's hardly any sunlight, mm-hmm. like bright light. There's hardly any yeah well no 100% you're right the and and that's when you look at things and, and you watch like swedish movies like look at like let the right one in or look at any of these things you, you know there's this like under kind of dep- at least to an american uh, underlying kind of depressing feel to, to, to all this stuff right and, mm-hmm. and which isn't fair and, and you know the nordic countries have su- they're super high on the happiness index right yeah. or, or the, you know <laughs> satisfaction right. life index but you wonder because well, well but i saw an interview with bjork where she's like oh no we drink you, you know base effectively binge drink and you do that and then you don't drink for a week and then you binge drink again and then you... <laughs> but, but i don't know i mean that's she's a character um yeah and she's good in this i mean she's good at, she's actually she hates acting if you watch interviews with her she does not she likes being a singer she doesn't like acting but she's a good actress she, she yeah. really is and she's great in this i mean she has a really small part in this movie but, but she i mean you, if you don't know her you probably wouldn't even know it's her in this i mean yeah nothing, yeah but, yeah I, I think the the land yeah the just the, the bleak there in the interior of iceland where it's just you kind of flat land surrounded rim by by hills and just kind of I don't know if it's t- considered tundra or what the, the terrain is generally considered. It's, it's but uh, then that that volcano always in the background, you know, smoking till till the end when it finally erupts. Um, which is it's a, I mean that really is what the people in Iceland call that volcano is it's the gates of hell. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean it has a proper name, but but that's it's kind of it's it's 
you know, nickname is the gates of hell with one L, you know, right. of course. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but no, it was, yeah, I, I, I don't really have anything to add to, to what we said other than, you know, check it out, folks. It's, it's a great movie. I, I can't wait to get it on Blu-ray. And um, yeah. So thank you guys for joining me to talk about this movie. I really appreciate you taking time out of your day. Absolutely. And thanks for having me on. Yeah, good to, good to be here. Yeah. And anytime you guys are welcome back anytime. So folks, that's it. If you have any comments, any questions, you can call them into the nerds RPG variety cast. You can use the anchor app, send an email nerds RPG variety cast gmail.com attach an audio file played on there. Make you famous. BJ has his own show, the arcane alienist. There'll be links in the show notes. Joe does have a website. You can go to his, his Raven guides game website. If you, Send a question here. I'll reach out to him and get to answer it on the air as well. So I'd love to hear what you guys think of The Northman, if you've seen it. If you haven't seen it, shame on you for listening to spoilers. But we'll listen to your questions anyway. Um, thank you for taking time out to listen to the show. Thank you, TJ Duran, for the music. And normally we thank Ray Otis for the coffee cup clip art. But, of course, I'm using an image from the movie for the clip art for this episode. So thank you, guys. And I'll talk to everybody soon. Take care. Who's on the phone? Who's on the phone? Who's on the phone? Who's on the phone? Maybe it's your auntie or a joke about your spouse, but the operator's screaming it's coming from inside the house. What's in the box? What's in the box? What's in the box? What's in the box? Well, the audience is pretty sure he took a pretty head, and the only question left is if I fail to shoot him dead. Bring on the door, bring on the door. I want some more, bring on the door. Well, your butcher is a dustman and your moil is quite a tipper, and I'm assuming that your partner back there in the wood chipper. Don't look away.